one, Doc. I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We are going to be continuing our deep dives this week. This time it'll be a couple of quarterbacks and a couple of tight ends. And I am here always, as always alongside Mr. Tom Tuttle. How are you doing today, Tom? Doing well. Having a couple uh, technical difficulties <laughs> with the microphones, so... Hopefully this doesn't sound too terrible for anyone listening out there. Well, uh, ready to talk a little fantasy for anyone uh, just that watches on Twitch. We may have a new setup here very soon. We're going to try and get back into a, a studio together and see how that works again. Yeah. So uh, the next time you see us, it may be a little different. Uh, hopefully it won't sound any different out in podcast land, but uh, <laughs> we are going to give it a go and see how that works. Uh, but first, we got a couple of interesting tidbits. You know how I like interesting tidbits. <laughs> and I found a couple that were very, very interesting. The first one, apparently, on this date, today, in 1983, at that point, well, I guess I shouldn't say at that point. This is just the headline. On this date, 1983, the winningest quarterback in Super Bowl history checked into a Louisiana hospital using an assumed name. I know this sounds really weird, but this is... I think I know I saw this. Have you seen this before? I think so. We're talking about Terry Bradshaw. We are talking about Terry Bradshaw, and here is the article. uh, Hiding behind an alias, Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback Terry Bradshaw entered a North Louisiana hospital and underwent minor surgery for muscle tailors in the elbow of his throwing arm. During his stay, Bradshaw made rounds in the hospital to visit sick children and really cheered him up. That's awesome. The four-time winning Super Bowl quarterback was admitted to Doctors Hospital on March 3rd under the name Thomas Brady. Bradshaw, who owns a farm south of Shreveport, was operated on the same day and left the hospital. March 5th, said hospital administrator. How? What? <laughs> what are the chances of that? I mean, so Thomas yeah. Brady has won 11 Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> You know, don't joke because the actual Tom Brady might just get 11 Super Bowls at some point. I, there's no that's slowing insane. down. I don't that's get really, it. What are the chances? What are the chances <laughs> that that uh, the best quarterback or the most winning, I won't say he's the best quarterback at that time, but he was pretty really right. good at that point. But the one that has won the most Super Bowls at that point, was under the name of Tom Brady when he got admitted. That that's just that is ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know what the odds of that are, but I would say we'll why probably have an alias was was there a reason he wanted an alias? Just didn't want people to know. Who I he was. I'm guessing yeah, it just didn't want people to uh, assume anything or do anything like yeah. that because he it said he went around the hospital and cheered up kids like like they didn't know when seeing him that yeah, was exactly. terry bradshaw <laughs> so uh, i thought that was pretty cool uh one more little uh well actually there's a couple little more tom brady uh items here apparently tom brady revealed on the late show the first words his wife giselle shared with him after winning super bowl 55 was what more do you have to prove 
And I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a lot of us asking that question. Like, all right, what is motivating you from this point forward to keep on going? Did somebody like some like ball boy say, eh, I don't think you can do it when you don't have this guy next year. And, oh yeah. I'll show him. Like, is he just trying to prove any, any doubter along? Like maybe it was some 13 year old kid. He saw on the sidewalk, like you suck. You can't play anymore. Oh yeah. I'll show that kid. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe he just really loves it. And I, <laughs> I it, when I see him playing football, it looks like he still loves it. It he does. Fire it up. Uh, why, why stop doing something you love doing? Um, because the wife said so. That's why. <laughs> she didn't say that. She said, what more do you have to prove? You, you, if you want me to quit, just say quit and I'll consider it. Right. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean you'll quit. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, one last thing, and I apologize to you, Tom, in advance. Um, Tom Brady told James Corden he couldn't make the NFL, but might still be able to play for the Jets. Oh, come <laughs> on. I don't know what the context of that one was, but <laughs> I just laughed. It's just it, he. It, it never stops. Never ever stops. Um, we wouldn't be doing, uh, our service to the state of Wisconsin if we didn't talk about a certain player who just decided where he was going to land in free agency, talking about JJ Watt. He is finally decided and he did not go where I thought he would go. I thought he would go play with his brothers in Pittsburgh. Um, everybody in Wisconsin obviously wanted him to come play for green Bay and that didn't happen, but he apparently had some friends that talked him into maybe one of them being DeAndre Hopkins. Apparently there was some uh, celebrity star power that also helped him uh, lead to the decision of going and playing for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I can't blame him. That is a team on the rise in that NFC West. So if he thinks he, that gives him the best shot, then so be it. He's playing with his old buddy DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe that's one last little piece to give him a, uh, another edge on that defense because you need all the defense you can get in that NFC West. Oh, for sure. I, my question is: is is he worth what they paid him? Because I, what I, when I saw it, I initially said, "Oh, is he worth that much?" Like I, I don't know. That was also like my thought. He's still good, but he's not. He's not great anymore. Like I, unless something changes and he actually does burst out like he used to, and was able to do something, I don't know if he's worth, really worth the money that they paid him. That but was, I think he will help the team. I just oh for sure, it's interesting. But he got what twenty three million guaranteed and thirty one overall million for two years. That's yeah. a lot of money for any defensive player, and that's a lot of money for a guy who's had a lot of injuries recently. Yep. Maybe he'll be fresh. Maybe just being in Arizona is going to be enough. It seems like it's a, a you know, a nice warm uh, environment where your body should be like, okay, everything's cool. We're not in a cold place where, you know, my bones are freezing up and aching and who knows <laughs> what. But um, I'll still be a J.J. Watt fan no matter where he goes. So, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll wish him luck in Arizona. I, I think I I don't really have uh, anything. Now, I, <laughs> I didn't really think about this until right now. J.J. Watt, one of the most charitable people in yes. the NFL. 
Larry Fitzgerald, if he's still going to play, yeah. one of the most charitable people in the NFL. They're going to have an amazing amount of just, just char- like they're good just people. Give all their stuff away. <laughs> it's it, it's going to be it's awesome because yep. I love both of them, pe- both of them players for just being charitable. But they get make millions of dollars and they're not hogging it all for themselves. Yep. So I respect that, and I think that's going to be interesting to watch. I think they're going to be a, a duel between the two of them if uh, Fitzgerald <laughs> does indeed still play this next yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and a good point brought up by uh, a friend of the show, Joe. They don't have to pay Kyler Murray for a couple of years. That's so true. they had yeah. some extra money to go out there and spend. Uh, maybe you were only willing to give them 10 but you're basically getting a savings on your franchise quarterback right now so you yep. can throw a few extra million at him. I mean, hey, why not Why not take that chance? Yeah. Um. Two more things, and then we will move on to our quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, One thing, eh, the cuts are going to start coming. These teams Mm -hmm. are going to have to make some decisions. Apparently, somebody in the media texted with an NFL head coach about the upcoming cuts, and what he expects is it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. That is not what I expected to hear when I first read that <laughs> message. And that's, man, what, what kind of cuts is, are going to be coming? Uh, there's usually not that many around this time of the year where we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy got cut from his team. It's usually like, okay, well, uh, that veteran didn't deserve his contract anymore. So, yep, he's definitely cut. And that guy wasn't making it, so he's cut. Apparently... We're, we're in for a treat next week, and there's going to be a lot of guys changing places. Yeah, the cuts I usually pay, try to pay, pay attention to are the ones after, like, well, we didn't have preseason this last year, but the, right. the ones right before the season starts, it's like them other guys that probably could have made the roster and they didn't make the roster, and then sometimes they ended up coming back on the roster because they're on the on the taxi squad or whatever you call right. it in the NFL. We call it taxi squads in fantasy football land, but... Um, the practice squad, that's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, them are usually the cuts I pay attention to, but if this is going to be a massacre, I mean, you're going to have to look out. There's going to be some bigger names probably. If that is, in fact, the case, it's going to be crazy. And they're all I, I, going to take minimal one-year deals to play for the Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. I wouldn't doubt it at all. All right. Last thing, I just have to... Put this out there. The best stat I have heard this week. 14 out of the 22 starters from the 2006 Chargers have a combined 51 children. <laughs> but, you know, Philip Rivers is like a so third of that. Of field, I, I, couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even process it. Okay, hold on a second. 14 out of the 22 of starters. From the 2006 Chargers, and I have I have the stats right here. Um, they have a combined 51 children. Now we all know Rivers has a, a large chunk of that, which yeah. is nine. Now here's the rest of the breakdown: Ladainian Tomlinson has two, Lorenzo Neal has three, Antonio Gates has two, uh, Keenan McCardell has four. I think that's who it was. Um, McNeil, not sure which one that was. Two, Hardwick, two, Williams, two, Olshansky, one, Merriman, one, Phillips, three, Quentin Jammer, three, McCree, three, and Antonio Cromarty, 14. 
<laughs> so two starters uh, out of that team have a combined 23 say, children. When is there going to be a big number here? Because these are all normal numbers. <laughs> right. Four is the highest. Oh, that is hilarious. We all forgot about good old Antonio Cromarty. <laughs> Him and Rivers could field an entire football team together. That is insane. All right. That's enough um, odd ducks for today. Let us talk about some quarterbacks. We'll do some deep dive in here. And the first one we want to talk about is a guy who he had, both of us had very high up in our ranks, and he had a very good season. He did. But he kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the year. And that guy is Russell Wilson. He is, he's going to have something to prove this year. That's why I wanted to pick him to start with because he came out. I mean, if you just look at his numbers, this is in the flag league. First half of the year, 43, 46, 51, 30, 34, 42, 40, 33, and then 12, 25, 18, 18, back up to 33, 16, 25, like, Something happened. Either he ran out of gas or the rest of the offense was not clicking anymore because we know DK and Tyler Lockett still had good games for pretty much most of the season, one or the other. So it wasn't them, you know, taking a dive. Something happened with Russell Wilson, and I want to try and figure out what that is. What are your impressions for Russell Wilson's 2020? Well, uh, I want to look a little bit at 2021 just because, I mean, we have to say it. Russell Wilson, there's a chance he gets traded away. There's a chance he doesn't get traded away. So with all that, you can put that aside. We can forget about that for a second. But that does come into play uh, for his fantasy outlook coming into next year. But let's forget about that for a second and just focus on last season because last season is really – the weird one with Russell Wilson. All the other seasons, he's been pretty consistent across the board. Even this year, it's not like he was super inconsistent. Right. It's just he went from the first eight being really fantastic to the last eight not being as fantastic. Where in the last eight of his games, he was a hundred. He had 174.6. And now I'm using the flag league as reference right. just to give, give you all that. But that's 100, 174.6 points in the last eight games of the season. That's 20. 21.8 points per game. Doesn't sound terrible, still not exactly what you want out of him, but it's really not awful. But the first eight games, uh, he had 322 points in the first eight games. That's 40.25 points per yes. game. So 35% of his fantasy production came in the last half of the season. And that means 65 came in the first half. Ouch. To me, that is a huge, huge difference. Now, these are still good numbers even in in the last half um, of the season. It's not awful. Um, even though it felt like, like you said, that Wilson kind of, I'm not going to say Wilson, but the Seahawks with Wilson kind yes. of fell apart towards the end. It wasn't exactly right. Uh, and I think it only felt that way because of how truly amazing the first half was. Um Wilson, I still believe, is a great quarterback, and I don't expect his numbers to go down or get any worse unless he stays on the Seahawks and they don't get him the help that he wants 
which I wouldn't imagine he would stay on the Seahawks at that point. He would say, I want to get out of here if you're not going to help me out. Right. Um, but Wilson will find a way to not just win, but be a good fantasy quarterback, regardless of whatever team he's playing for, if it's the Seahawks or if it's the, the Bears or whoever else he wants to, you know, his list that he had out there. But it just makes you realize how amazing the first half was because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was, I was looking at it earlier. He scored more points this season than he did last season mm-hmm. as far as fantasy football goes. And it wasn't just a little. I think it was like 50 more points, something around there. So a lot of that came in the first half. I think he was more close to the second half of the season that he had this last year to the rest of the last season. I can't explain it because we still – I still say you can't talk about this last season without saying this season. It seems right. really strange. <laughs> but two years ago, his numbers were probably more compared, but he was consistent. Where right. it came to this year, this last year, he was a little less consistent just because the first eight games were so fantastic. But I honestly don't see much of a fall off from him. I just think that he had such a fantastic first eight games that it makes it seem like the last eight weren't superb enough. But I think they're just fine. I think he's still going to be a good quarterback regardless of where he goes and a good fantasy quarterback regardless of where he goes or if he stays on the Seattle. But, I mean, it it does seem like they fell apart a little bit. And maybe that's part of why Russell Wilson's saying, listen, if you don't give me what I want, Mm -hmm. i got to get out of here. No, we'll see. The the and I would have to look a little bit deeper at these numbers. The the concerning part about some of these games in the second half of the season were he had 18 against the Eagles. You, we all know the Eagles were terrible. No, that could have been because um, their running game was working. I don't particularly remember if that was the case. Felt like it was just a lame game all around. Also, he had an 18-point game against the Giants, who are, again, another terrible football team. Maybe they just didn't want to go all out against them. He got 16 yeah. against Washington. Washington at least had a good defense. Um, and he had an okay game versus the Rams and the Niners. And then the one good game he had in the second half season was against the Jets. So, you know, <laughs> anybody could do that. Um, oh. <laughs> But that that's the only thing really concerning me is what was going on during those games. Was he taking the day off-ish? Like, okay, I don't really need to play that yeah. hard. We're going to call more run plays. Maybe that's what it was. And so it just happened to suck because that's when the fantasy playoffs were gearing up and you didn't get those 40-plus point games out of Russell Wilson when it mattered the most. And yeah. that's what you remember going into 2021, which again, if Russell Wilson drops to like the eighth and ninth rounds, I'm going to be more than happy to select him right then and there. And I'll take my discounted quarterback and be happy with it. Even if it's another, okay, well, the first eight games of the season were amazing and I got to deal with what I deal with in the second half. I'm going to take that chance with Russell Wilson, even again next year. Almost no matter where he ends up, I will yeah. say I would be a little concerned if he ends up on the Bears and there's no Allen Robinson. 
So that yes, that would be <laughs> extremely concerning because he needs somebody like Allen Robinson to throw the ball to. I don't know. I honestly don't know why the Bears were on his list. I think There's he well. I mean, he he did play you know football at Wisconsin for a year. Maybe yeah. he likes the area. Maybe he had some contacts and some friends that were from the Chicago area. There's got to be something it's about possible. that area that he just loves so much. But yeah. Uh, I would have to ask him and uh hey Russell if you're out there go ahead you can call into the show and we'll we'll discuss it if you'd like to we'll discuss but. we'll make a whole show just for you Russell Yes Wilson. I think we could do that um but I think you have to remember that it wasn't like he was bad this year it just wasn't what we were used to seeing and the sure. in that first half of the season but he was he was fifth overall when it comes to fantasy football, at least according to the flag league, there's Josh Allen, Aaron, Rod- Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson were the only uh, people ahead of him in fantasy football land. And then last year he was third overall, if I'm remembering correctly, with yeah. less points. Right. So there was a lot of other guys this year that that have performed better than they did last year. So I, I don't want to throw it too far out of perspective perspective and say that he's declining because he, I don't think he is at all. I think it will matter where he goes. If it's the Bears, I guarantee you his value in, in drafts will be better because right. people are going to say, oh, it's the Bears. It's going to suck. Mm-hmm. He's going to be terrible. But I still <laughs> think he's going to be good. It will be a little scary. Yes. But I think he'll be good enough to, to give you that fantasy production to where maybe it will match the last half of the season, which isn't bad. No. It's just not what you're used to out of Russell Wilson. Yeah, instead of 40 points a game, you'll average 25 to 30 points a game, and that's good mm-hmm. enough for any quarterback you take uh, later than the 8th and ninth round. So and then you've got the obvious high upside with Russell Wilson where, I mean, he still had like 500 yards rushing last year. Yes, mm-hmm. he was running for his life, but he still got 500 positive rushing yards in like 83 attempts. So that is fine. He is still able to do that, and... If he goes to a place like Chicago, maybe that goes up even a little <laughs> bit more. And that is still a very valuable thing to have uh, a rushing quarterback that doesn't get hurt. And that is one thing Russell Wilson has been able to do is not get hurt, unlike somebody like Lamar Jackson, who has uh, he felt like he kind of fell off. Maybe he was banged up a little bit. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but... Russell Wilson going to 2021, I think, is still going to be a very good value at quarterback because Josh Allen is going to fly up those boards. Everybody's still going to take Patrick Mahomes high. I think there's still going to be a lot of people taking Lamar Jackson super high next year because they still think, oh, it was just one off year, and uh, he's going to rush for 1,000 yards again. Well, (laughs) I don't know about that. but It seems like every year, we say the same thing about Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's falling in drafts. He's valuable. It, it's is that not the case every year? It feels like it. He, he like He's, there was like three or four years ago where he was going in like the fourth round, the fourth and fifth round. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. after the big names are gone and he just had an MVP type of year, I guess yeah. I'll take him next. But after that, yeah, it's been. Mm, I don't know. I'll take somebody else over Russell Wilson. You know, somebody, uh, Kyler Murray entered the conversation and, you know, guys like that. So, you know, Deshaun Watson was up there and he just, after that, I think everybody felt like the quarterbacks end up being closer to the same when after those first four, Russell Wilson is actually 
head and shoulders above most of those guys because he has finished third and fifth in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and he was not going as the third and fifth quarterback taken in drafts. Yeah. Uh, just before we end it, I just want to reiterate, he had 21.8 points per game the last eight games okay. of the season, so don't panic. The first, just look at it. It's crazy. 40.25 points in the first half per game in 20. It's it's almost doubled the last part. (laughs) Like, that is insane how good he did that first half of the season. Nobody had 40 points per game for the entire season. So, for him to have kept that up would have been almost impossible. Oh, for sure. Law of averages, which is your thing you want to talk about. We all saw what to have come down. We all saw Deshaun Watson after his first six games of his career. Oh my goodness, this guy's averaging (laughs) forty five to fifty points a game. Like really, do you really think that's gonna keep happening? I mean, (laughs) he is amazing, don't get me wrong, but uh that is pretty much impossible to keep up with. Like a touchdown pass every like five attempts. Really? (laughs) Do you really think that's gonna continue? So yeah, I I'm good with Russell. We'll we'll probably yeah. both have him on some teams again next year. So don't panic on him. Yes, the last half was a little off, but I think we're still just fine. Mm-hmm. That being said, let's go to a rookie counterpart at the quarterback position, and we're going to talk about Justin Herbert. And why am I picking Justin Herbert out of all of those quarterback the rookie quarterbacks that we had mm-hmm. last year? Well. Joe Burrow looked like he was going to be fine, but he got hurt. Uh, That's all going to depend on when he gets healthy to come back. I think he'll be fine. We've got Tua, and he was kind of underwhelming, but at the same time, I don't know what was going on in Miami, and there is a lot to look into there, so that might be a whole separate episode when we get into our uh, uh, really, really early uh, predictions. Uh, maybe we'll throw him in that mix. Um, and then you got guys like Jalen Hurts, who obviously didn't get a full season. So it's, it's really hard to know what they're all capable of and what they're going to be uh, doing this season. Well, well, well. Hello, Network. Rating with a party of 10. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. And I still I think I need to change that uh, yeah, little, sound. It's a little long. Along, <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, welcome everybody. We are discussing some uh, quarterbacks and tight ends for this upcoming season. We are about to discuss Justin Herbert, who yep. did not play Week One, but a doctor punctured Terod Taylor's lung, mm-hmm. and that's all she wrote for Terod Taylor. So. We got Justin Herbert, and what did he do? Pay that man his money. <laughs> Thank you, Network. Appreciate it. I got to change that gift too. Uh, that guy's in the wrong uniform now. That's a that's a Carson Wentz gift, and uh oh. Hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what did Justin Herbert do in his rookie season? I don't know. Just broke some records, but. Yeah. Will he be able to continue that? So let's look at Justin Herbert's rookie season. Yes, he started off with what, four losses in a row, but every one of those losses was within one score. And I remember watching, like, he's going to do it. He's going to beat Tom Brady. 
Like, they were there. The Chargers were right there with Tampa Bay, and they should have beaten him, and they yeah. let that one slip away. And they're like, he's going to beat Drew Brees. Like, oh, my goodness, he is right there. And, and then they let that one slip away, and they were within three of Kansas City. He was going to beat Patrick Mahomes. Like, this all has to add up as yeah. to Justin Herbert being something special, don't you think? Uh, it most certainly makes you f- to feel that way. Um, I remember there was a year, uh, I think it was one when we had McCown on the Jets, that we would lost each one of our games by very few. But yet people were still saying that the Jets were one of the worst teams in, in all of football. And I'm just looking at him like, we only lost by a score in like all of these games. Yes. And so it was frustrating as a Jets fan to hear that still from from ESPN and all the other big names that cover the Jets. And so I was obviously frustrated. When you see it with somebody like Herbert in the Chargers, it's a different story because Herbert's making things happen. Mm-hmm. And if you take the if you take Herbert's numbers from last year and you compare them to the numbers of the of, of all the quarterbacks in 2019, he would have had the second highest numbers <laughs> on average mm-hmm. for for the year right behind Lamar Jackson. That's how good Herbert was this year, this last year. Mm -hmm. But he finished ninth overall on the year and seventh on average. That's how good the rest of the quarterbacks were this year. So it's really, I already discussed it when we were talking about Russell Wilson, it's really something to where he's not ninth overall. He's actually better than that. That's just the quarterbacks overperformed this year than what we're used to. Sure. Um, They have a new offensive coordinator now, so that's going to – be something we have to talk about. So how will that affect them? Uh, I guess we can discuss that right now. Um, they have Joe Lombardi, who is the former Saints quarterbacks coach, which if I have to have a former quarterbacks coach of any team, maybe the Saints is the one I want. So he spent his last – Lombardi spent his last five seasons with the Saints, and he was a quarterback coach for Drew Brees. Um, so he had multiple times with Drew Brees, and I think he worked with Stafford uh, one or two years, and one of those years Stafford was in the Pro Bowl, so Stafford had success with mm-hmm. him. Um, with this knowledge of Joe Lombardi, I don't think Herbert will duplicate his fantasy production, but I think Lombardi did really well with, with Brees, so we're going to see things like that. I think he's going to slow things down for Herbert and maybe change the way the offense runs, which may negative negatively affect Herbert's fantasy, but I don't know how much. I think it's going to be pretty pretty even to where he was this last year. Maybe not a huge amount, but I I don't think he's going to overperform what he did this last year. After all, just look at Breeze. I mean, no matter right who Breeze had to throw the ball to, he got it done. So Herbert could just like that he could be the new drew Brees, the guy stepping up taking place of what they lost and yes it's weird because it's the Chargers, and Brees was on the Chargers for a little while yeah. so it makes it makes you wonder like what's <laughs> going on here is he going to end up going to the saints after three or four years you're repeating the cycle i don't know if he's quite ready for that <laughs> to take that type of role from Breeze, but you definitely see aspects of that where you see somebody like Lombardi who worked with Breeze his entire career, or at least a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and now he said, well, Breeze is retiring, so now I'm going to move on to another quarterback that he probably sees the same potential in. Oh, for so sure. So I really do have a lot of faith 
in in that. And I think Herbert will be good, but I don't think he will duplicate, and that's in air quotes, his fantasy production from last year. I think it will be close, but I don't think he's going to go crazy because he's going to slow it down for him and make it easier, give him a little better dump-off passes, maybe not push the ball so much, but we'll see. And I, th- I think that's that's where we're going to have to find out. And I think the the biggest key for Herbert going forward is going to be is there something that teams can find on tape that he'll they'll be able to take advantage of uh we saw a couple of games this year one against the patriots and we know the patriots were not a good team this year and herbert was awful and we all know bill belichick can game plan for the best of them they took darren waller out of the game against the raiders and the raiders were absolute garbage that day so they did something they took herbert out of that game he scored seven fantasy points so if (laughs) there is some tape on them maybe they're going to watch that patriots you know game day tape and see what it was that bill belichick did and hopefully lombardi can re-counter that however you want to uh say it uh, so that Justin Herbert isn't, you know, maybe tipping off where his passes are going or focusing on, you know, certain routes or, you know, different different things of that nature. I see Justin Herbert having a very good, very consistent season. This is what we want to see from a quarterback. Again, there's a lot of games that we can look at here that are like, well, was it Justin Herbert was it a really bad team? Was it a perfect storm of situations for him? Because we're looking the very last half of the season. He has a 38-point game against the Jets. He has a bad yep. game against the Bills. I mean, bad-ish, 20 points. A really bad game against the Patriots. Okay right. game against the Falcons. Crushes the Raiders, who had one of the worst secondaries. Has a mm-hmm. decent game against the Broncos. And then the Chiefs sat all their starters, and he has a 43-point game. So his stats may have been inflated just a little bit. I'm not saying he didn't deserve rookie of the year, but these stats probably could be broken down and we can cherry pick any stat we want to make it look like whatever it is we're trying to convey. But my point is he definitely needs to prove it and hopefully Lombardi can keep him moving forward in the right direction and not in the wrong direction like, Sam Darnold did this last uh, season. I know, I know. I keep picking on him, but that was a perfect Uh, example. Or maybe Carson Wentz declining and going in the Carson Wentz? I don't know who this person is. (laughs) Um. I got to apologize a little bit because when I was talking, I had accidentally put you on mute. So if you were trying to interject anything, I couldn't hear it. No, so no, I, just kept I, reading I was waiting patiently. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did have a uh, question in the chat, and we kind of uh, addressed it really quick before the raid came in. But he asked how Joe Burrow we think he's going to do next year. And short answer for me is I think he'll be fine, but I don't know that he'll be ready right away. And that's a concern. Hopefully they don't rush him back. We've all seen quarterbacks get rushed back, and that is never a good sign. You know what happened to RG3 when they rushed him back from an injury? That didn't end well. So I'm begging Cincinnati not to do that for Joe Burrow because we all saw Joe Burrow was probably going to be rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt, even with Justin Herbert, because he was kind of on pace to do some of the same things. But uh, Uh, 
Kind of. I mean, but if you look at um, Burroughs average, he was 23.5 points per game. And then, well, I got to look because I feel like. Uh, Herbert's was uh, 30. Yeah. I mean, that, that to have that many points in a game <laughs> would be crazy. Uh, Burrow was doing really well, but he had a couple games where it wasn't, you know, superb. Well, he had, but the last two games he played now, well, one of them obviously got hurt in, but. He also had a six-point game as well, but he didn't. He only scored forty points one time uh, within them games, and I believe how many times did uh, Herbert score forty points? Or uh, more? I think he only I, scored it once. He too. only did. He had a fifty-point game, but I don't see another forty-point. Yeah. Oh, well, the really last week of the 40. season that didn't count for anybody, and it was against a non-starting oh, Chiefs team. So take yeah. that for what he you had. Want. A lot of like really high thirty ones as well, though. Right. So he's a guy like three, four. Yeah, I mean, he's he on average it was better, and he did that for the entire season. Yes, as well. So we don't know exactly what Burrow's going to do. I would imagine you're going to get some kind of value out of him if he does, you know, get healthy and he's able to play and play. Yep. Like you said, you don't want to rush him back because you don't want to mess things up. But if he's able to go, he's going to be fine, and I would be 100% fine with having him on my team. I don't know if I'd be 100% fine with having him as my starting quarterback, well, I want to yeah. have a little <laughs> bit more of a, of a chance there than just to say that. But if you I mean, just look at on average, uh, Burrow, whoops, did I pass him already? <laughs> he was 19th. So on average, it wasn't like he was fantastic, but he's good enough to take a look at. And if things improve for him and the Bengals, which I do expect the Bengals to improve, I don't know how Burrow's going to improve, but I expect it to at least be more consistent where this last year it was a slightly bit inconsistent and he wasn't really getting over that 30 mark as much as uh, some of the other quarterbacks. And Burrow did play against a rougher defensive division. So that has a little bit something to do with it and, you know, not taking anything uh, away from Herbert. But when you play the Steelers, the Titans, the Browns, the Colts, you know, these are all playoff teams uh, yeah. whereas Herbert probably only played against, like, the Chiefs <laughs> for most of that season as a, a real playoff team. Uh, let me quick yeah. look at what his uh, Chiefs, well, Buccaneers, like we said, he almost beat right. Brady, um, but then there's uh, Dolphins. Uh, and she, Yeah, they didn't play many playoff teams this last year, so we'll take that into account. Justin yeah. Herbert may get overdrafted this year because he had such a good rookie season. And mm-hmm. I am going to let everybody make that mistake. I like Justin Herbert. I love what I saw. I am not going to take him higher than Russell Wilson. So if Russell Wilson no, is still no. there, I'm going with him if I'm taking a quarterback and I absolutely can't stand any other position player in like the seventh round and they're both there, I'm still taking Russell Wilson first. Absolutely. And this just goes to what I was saying earlier. I mean, there's no reason to believe he's going to be better than what he was this last year. I actually do think it will be a slight decline just because they're going to change the offense. And I think Lombardi is going to make sure he is, you know, not taking as many risks, you know, just doing safer plays uh, rather than the things that he was kind of doing last year, which was working out. Yeah. But again, defenses are going to start studying the tape that they have on him now. And it's going to be a different story possibly. But I think having somebody who's worked with Drew Brees is going to 
be a good sign for things to come. Sure. Doesn't mean it's going to necessarily happen this next year, but I don't think he's he's not going to over outperform what he did this last year by any means. So what you're saying is in three years, the contract talks are going to deteriorate between Herbert and the Chargers, and Herbert is going to be the next Saints quarterback. It's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible. We will see. All right, uh, we got two guys uh, at the tight end position, one veteran and one rookie we're going to talk yeah. about here. And it's perfect that Network is here with us because I know he'll have something to say about our veteran tight end. And as much as I don't want to talk about it, we're <laughs> going to talk about Zach Ertz and where we see him Going in 2021, because, wow, was 2020 a rough season for the third or fourth overall tight end taken in most drafts. Um, I will let you start. I've said plenty about Zach Ertz (laughs) in the past. I want to know what your feelings are towards him going forward. Well, it was a really bad year, like you said, and he didn't play much. And when he did play, it wasn't even close to what we were used to with Zach Ertz. Um I guess the questions is this next year is he's going to be on a new team. Will it make it any better? Um, if he is on a new team, maybe because the Eagles offense all around was pretty poor last year, mm-hmm. uh, except in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. They did. <laughs> they did find ways to score in the fourth quarter. They did. Um, but what team would want Ertz at this point? Um, does it matter what team he plays for. These are a lot of questions. I'm sorry. I'm just putting a bunch oh, of yeah, questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, there. fire away. If, if he stays in Philly, will he suck? <laughs> I mean, these that's the things you got to think of. And the first thing I think of when it comes to Philly is Dallas Goddard. We say it all the time for a long time since Goddard's been in the league. Goddard is probably due for a breakout season. Well, it didn't happen last year. And it seems like it's lining up for him to get the that chance again but with a new offense a new quarterback Mm -hmm. we are just really throwing our hands up in the air and saying we don't really know i mean we know both (laughs) goddard and ertz (laughs) thank you for that follow drunken uncle (laughs) (laughs) but anyway we both we both know that goddard and ertz can both be great but I'm not willing to take that chance in many drafts. Or We're going to find out where these guys fall because I don't know what people are going to think about Ertz. I don't know what people are going to think about Goddard because you got to have something more reliable as far as a tight end position on your fantasy team. I'm not sure exactly because I looked this up, and I'm not sure exactly how uh, my fantasy league does their projections, projected stats mm. for next year, and I don't know – if these are even accurate, but MFL has Zacher, it's projected for 72 receptions, 787 yards, and four touchdowns. Mm. If that would have happened last year, <laughs> he would have been a top five tight end. I don't know where they're getting these numbers or how that works, but based on what you saw last year, do you think he's going to be a top five tight end next year? I will say this. I mean, there's no question. I don't think that's going to happen. But I will say this. Last year is his only year since 2015 that he didn't meet those standards. Yes. But the question still remains, can he do it again 
after such a bad year last year. This was by far his worst year. So yeah. I, I don't know where to go with it because this is we were trying to break these these guys down, and I'm sitting there looking at Zach Ertz, and like I I'm not sure if he can come back from such a bad year, but if he can, it could be a diamond in the rough only because what he has given you in the past. But the biggest question is, can he do it again? And will he be on the Eagles? And will it matter what team he's on? I mean, there's a a ton of questions with Zach Ertz that we're going to just have to sit and wait for because we don't know everything yet. Well, my thoughts on Zach Ertz are, I absolutely absolutely think he can do it again, but it will not be with the Eagles. He cannot be in this type of an offense any longer and be that productive. He's an okay blocker, and we had one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. Yes, we're getting some guys back, but will they be healthy? Will they still need him to sit back and block, and he's not good at it? Will they get him out in routes if Jalen Hurts even looks for his tight end? Uh, something we'll have to break down even more. What I saw when he came back from injury, he was still getting targeted. He had four, three, seven, seven, and six targets in the last five games of the season, but he only caught two, four, six, nine, twelve balls for Mm -hmm. a couple hundred yards, no touchdowns. Like it wasn't like they were even trying to get him in the red zone, and he is insane inside that 10-yard line. He has a couple of routes that he and Wentz were always clicking on, even he and Foles when he was there. And mm-hmm. he is so good at certain things that if he can get into an offense where he doesn't have to worry about being a blocking tight end and he's lined up at the routes all the time, he's going to get another 100-plus targets and catch 70-plus balls for that 700-plus yards and four to eight touchdowns. He absolutely can do that, and it will depend on where he goes. Uh, But I I really like thinking about getting Zach Ertz in, like, the ninth, tenth round because everybody else is afraid of him. I I, I really, really like that possibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's even going to fall that far because we're going to, again, got to find out where he goes. But if you look at just the first three games of this last season, they were still using Zach Ertz the way that you would think. He had 11 points, 9.6 points, which almost 10, and then 16.8 points in the first three games. And then something happened from there to where it just really, I mean, I think the Eagles were just trying to to make things happen (laughs) because they weren't winning games. And they were just like, all right, we got to do something else. I don't know, honestly, what it was. But he's he was only over 10 points that one or – I'm sorry, the first game of the season and the third game of the season, mm-hmm. which is concerning. I mean, you want people over 10 points, but when it comes to the tight end position, if you're consistently getting me somewhere close to 10 points, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, tight so, end, you, we all said yeah. it, 10 points, good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Even less than that would be like, oh, if, if I can get a guarantee five points, <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. Just think about that for a second. The guarantee five points. 
on average, Gerald Everett had 5.96 points per game, and he was the 24th overall tight end. So when you're talking about each team, there's 32 teams. He was 24th overall. Anthony Frisker, Frisker, sorry, 5.6, 25th overall. Yeah. I mean, these these are bad, bad numbers to have when you're talking about. It's just so bad. And somebody who I was really high on or wanting to be high on this last year, 4.7 points per game. And it's such a disappointment. Chris Herndon yeah. was awful, awful. And I thought there was going to be a lot better things out of him. But, I mean, the tight end position is so bad. Every time we talk about tight ends, we say how bad it is. The only two guys that I want is Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. If you look at everybody else, they're averaging just about 10 per game. And George so Kittle. Even, Don't forget about George Kittle. He'll probably be back and be that's the, true. the yeah, sole look at, main target yeah. in San Francisco. But yeah, I hear you there. But those yep. are, those are the only three that you would actually reach out for and be like, oh, mm-hmm. he's still there in the third round. Maybe I gotta get him. We all know Travis Kelsey's gonna not gonna make it past the second round, and Darren Waller's probably not gonna make it past the third round. You'd be <laughs> lucky to see him in the fourth, only because it still feels like he flies under the radar slightly, and yeah. I'm not sure why that is, but. If you can get Darren Waller in the fourth round and they're going to pepper him with targets every season, then, yeah, you kind of kind of have to. Yep. Um, and Zach Ertz, uh, his average was 7.7 7, um, points per game, which, again, is really low. But if when you sort it by average and you look at this is just the direction I think the Eagles would take. So even if they do have Zach Ertz next year, I wouldn't expect much out of him. I think Dallas Goddard, is still going. He's still in prime <laughs> position to have a great season. He on is. average, on average, he's scoring just about eleven points per game, right? Which was tenth overall. Yeah, he just position. didn't get to play in the middle of the season. He had that uh, injury, and yep. but when he came back, seven, nineteen, twenty-one, twelve, eight, eight, like that is more than enough out of a tight end uh, for you to be okay. Set it and forget it, Dallas Goddard. Yep. He's going to give me at least seven points every week. Okay, I, I can't complain about that, uh, but it's not, oh, who do I play? Uh, well, I've got Trey Burton, um, Austin Hooper, uh, and Jared Cook. Uh, I have no idea who to play this week. Speaking of Jared Cook. He got released. He, he got released. I just he saw that did. today. <laughs> So, yep, Jared Cook um, wasn't going to be playing with Drew Brees anyway, but right. he's definitely not going to be on the Saints this coming year, and I'm mm-hmm. still not going to draft him. I have never had him on his fantasy team, and I never will have him on it a fantasy team. It doesn't matter where he goes. It will not matter where he goes. Because when he was on the Packers, he wasn't that good. So it's like he had Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, and he still wasn't that good. It doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be bad. Stop overhyping Jared right. Cook, but yet Please. they will still do it. They <laughs> will still do it. All right, we got one guy left, and there's not a lot to choose from when it comes yeah. to rookie tight ends. There was a couple of guys I wanted to see get out there, but they never yep. really got a chance, and we'll see if 2021 is different. But there's one guy that towards the end of the, se- the season started getting a little more involved. And a we're little t- bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he was getting... Targets, and that's what I am mm-hmm. really looking at. Although it's 
probably going to be a different quarterback in Chicago in one yep. form or another. So Cole Komet will have somebody else throwing him the ball. But yep. what I saw out of Komet was from week 13 on, he had seven, seven, two, six, and eight targets. That's yeah. that's enough for me to be yep. like, okay, they want him to be a part of that offense. Who knows who's going to be throwing him the ball, but yeah. they want the tight end to be involved. And they still had Jimmy Graham, who actually had an, yep. an okay season. So the Bears have loved their tight ends. They just didn't have prime Jimmy Graham, and they had a too young Cole Komet to really be a, a fixture in that offense, and they had a really terrible offensive line and a couple of quarterbacks who you never knew what you were going to get from. So, that being said, what do we think about Cole Komet in 2021? Um, I got to know something first because I didn't look this up. Is Jimmy Graham still on the team? Uh, I believe he technically is. I don't know if that was a one-year deal. Let me see if I can pop that up really quick. Um, it doesn't matter too much. He is a cut but... candidate is what I'm seeing. So he is technically okay. still on the Bears, but I'm sure he's probably making enough money where they're like, eh, do we really want more Jimmy yeah. Graham? Because he was all over the place last year. Good, bad, good, especially bad, bad, when, bad, good. <laughs> right, especially when you have somebody like Cole Komet. Right. who was a rookie last year, you drafted him earlier than you probably needed to, and you want to use him. So if Jimmy Graham's still on the team, then I still don't see much of a Jimmy Graham thing here. He did well enough to where he would probably get targeted a few times, but I think Cole Komet is in prime position to take over that spot. Now, it does matter who's throwing him the ball, but before we get into that, I just want to go back to what the Bears saw in him as tight end when he had his senior year at Notre Dame or his junior year, whatever his last year was yeah. at Notre Dame, he had 43 receptions, 515 yards, and six touchdowns. That right there tells me that he is good enough to be a pretty good fantasy court or tight end when it comes to tight ends. I mean, that's going to be good enough for me. Um, but this last year, in the actual NFL, he had only 28 receptions, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Only 44 targets but, all year long, though. Right. But like you said, you can see reason for him to improve this next year. Like you said, the last five games, he averaged eight points per game. That sounds bad, but that's <laughs> but. still something. That's still something. And like we said, if you're getting me 10 points per game, I'm happy with it. Right. So eight points per game is still not that bad but when you even put into the factor you said the the targets per game the targets are huge but it all becomes mute because we don't know who's going to be the quarterback that being said there's reason to believe that he can be a better tight end going forward emphasis on the could yeah he could be a better tight end going forward. Now, who's going to be the new quarterback? You know, could be Russell Wilson. That could improve his his chances. It could be, and I just saw uh, that they were going. Apparently, the Bears were going heavy on. Uh, well, who was it? The other uh, Watson. Oh, if that's okay. the case. I don't really know what to think about that either. But they're going. If they're going to get a quarterback, I don't think the Bears are really wanting a garbage quarterback. I would be surprised if they don't get somebody who has 
a good rapport or a good history sure. of being a good quarterback in the in the NFL. And I think the Bears really want that. They want to compete now. They don't want to wait. So if they're not going to get Russell Wilson, maybe they get uh, Watson. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is they're going to have somebody new, and it's going to be completely up in the air, and it's going to be fantasy value in Cole, Cole Komet because he's going to he's going to drop. He's going to drop, 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 and you can pick him up, and you can have a, a pretty good chance there to get something special out of him. If he gives you what he gave you in the college years, that is perfectly good enough, and he doesn't have to give you that. I mean, he, if he gives you whatever he gave you the last five games of the season, I'm satisfied. Yeah. That's all I really need. And if we're going to compare him to their other tight end, Jimmy Graham. Yep. Jimmy Graham is 6'7". Cole Komet is 6'6". So mm -hmm. they're very similar in size. So that means possible good, great red zone targets. Well, Jimmy Graham, who is in the twilight of his career, and I am one of the biggest Jimmy Graham fans there has been since he came into the league. Yeah. He still was able to score eight touchdowns this year. You cut Jimmy Graham out of this equation, mm -hmm. maybe you don't get 100 targets out of Cole Komet, but oh, yeah. if 50 targets and like 30 of them are in the red zone or however you want to break it down, there is a lot of possibility for a lot of touchdowns to come from Cole Komet and yeah. the Bears at the tight end position. And that's what I'm looking at. And he is not going to be taken early or at all in some leagues unless the hype starts up, the Jimmy Graham gets cut. And everybody's like, oh. Yeah. Are they going to pick up a tight end? Are they going to draft a tight end? Is Cole Komet the guy? And if they don't draft somebody and they don't sign anybody besides, you know, like a, a super, you know, veteran blocking guy, the hype will start to get a little bit more for Cole Komet and we'll start seeing him rise in drafts and mm -hmm. we'll start seeing, you know, uh, who it was Hayden Hurst this last year. That's who I'm being reminded of. Ooh, he just went to the perfect situation. And Hayden Hurst was fine this last year, but he wasn't used as much as he could be. He still ended up as the number eight overall tight end, but I'm starting to see yeah. the pieces fall into place for Cole Komet to have a season like Hayden Hurst. Maybe it won't be as consistent as we want to, but if he mm -hmm. scores eight touchdowns across the season, <laughs> it'll be worth it taking him yeah. in the 12th round if that's where he falls to the first part of draft season and doesn't get way overhyped. I mean, if the coach comes out and completely and utterly like talks him up like they did Tariq Cohen a few years back and then Tariq Cohen had an amazing year, if that happens, people are going to start drafting him high and then I'm going to shy away from it because while yeah, it still right. may be worth it, I want to find that diamond in the rough in round 11 or 12 mm -hmm. at the tight end position because it's starting to be more and more if you don't get one of those big three, you might as well just punt and, and gather guys at the rest of the positions and then just take a couple of flyers. I mean, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again till we're blue <laughs> in the face because the, the tight end position seems to be coming to a... a a very, very steady pace of the same types of yeah. stats that we're seeing. There's not this outlier. We're not seeing the league start to focus more on the tight end. It is three or four good 
really good guys and then the rest of the league. So why waste a giant draft pick on somebody who you may get very, very similar stats to four or five rounds later? Yeah, and I I talked about it a few podcasts ago with you, but and I haven't looked into it yet, which is on me. But it almost makes me want to, if, if I'm not going to take somebody like Cole Komet and wait for somebody like that to happen, almost makes me want to just go out and get one of the big guys, you know, because they they just produce so much for you that it's almost like having a secret weapon. You have a guy in a position that everybody else has to play. Yeah. You have to play a tight end. Now you already double their points out of that spot. So if you're getting somebody like maybe a Kittle, maybe he falls just a smidge just because of his injury, and you got uh, I can't even think of the tight ends, but the big the big three at this point, Waller and Travis uh, Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey. Why can't I think of the I most popular one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, just if that's if that's the case, I'm gonna go hard after a tight end in some of my drafts this year, just to see if that really does make that big of a difference. But before I do that, I'm going to look into it, and I still haven't done that. But it does seem to make sense that if you have a 25-point game out of a tight end and the the guy you're playing against has a five-point game, yeah. you already have a 20-point advantage. <laughs> it almost makes sense to do that. It sure does. And again, we will be looking into tight end. I can't help it. It is a sick addiction that I have yeah. to continually watch this position do what has done for the past two to three years. I'm hoping there's going to be uh, a, a different kind of season for tight ends coming up just so it's not so obvious what you should do with that position. Uh, if a that's the things, case, it, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying a couple of things about Komet that I remember from last year is that he – he was touted for his hands. He had really good hands. So that's already a good sure. thing. Like you're, you're looking at it. It's like, all right, he's not just a blocking tight end. He's somebody who can actually catch the ball. And he's also somebody who can take that big hit over the middle too. Yeah. I mean, them are the two things and that you really want to see out of a tight end. Um, and, again, he had six touchdowns at Notre Dame in his last year. So it's not like he's not a good red zone target either. And once Jimmy Graham is out of the picture, it's, it's hard to say he's not going to have a good season. Uh, that's the last thing I wanted to say about Comet. <laughs> All right. Um, I think next week we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive, but I'd like to get into our first ESPs of the year. Ooh. So we're going to make some really early season Oof. predictions next week and uh, see if they come to uh, bite us in the ass or uh, if maybe we <laughs> have some special super insight for 2021 but that is going to do it for this week uh, i appreciate everybody out there watching on twitch and listening in podcast land it is a much appreciated time uh we enjoy doing this and we hope you enjoy listening that being said uh we will see you next week for some wacky early season predictions and don't forget stay fueled up this off season <laughs>